Hello, shiny happy people. I am Druti Shah, your guest host for this very special edition of our Transporting series of podcasts. Before we get started, something exciting is coming your way. So please do tune in to our next week's episode and you'll also find out more about why I'm here. Okay, back to transporting. Today I am thrilled to bring you a topic that is very close to my heart. It's all about resilience. And I cannot think of anyone more qualified to tell us, to show us what resilience truly means. Curious yet? Well, stay tuned and meet our guest speaker right after this break. Please welcome my friend and fellow author, the one and only Pat Chang. But before I bring him on, let me tell you a little bit about him. Pat is an author, father, husband, radio personality, speaker, and investor, and he holds 2.5 degrees from Stanford University. Now, if you are as curious as I am, like what does that 2.5 degree mean? I suggest you reach out directly to Pat. You see, Pat had a swimming accident at the age of 13, which left him paralyzed from the chest down. He is a quadriplegic, and to me, he is the epitome of resilience. So without further ado, Pat, welcome to the Shiny Happy People podcast. Thank you so much, Rudy, for that amazing introduction. And the 2.5 versus 3.0, please reach out to me. It's another great story. Resilience is something that I hold very close to my heart because as Rudy said, I'm quadriplegic. I sit in a wheelchair almost all the time. And when people see me, they want to ask me, how does it feel to be in a wheelchair? And I recently wrote a book about dating in a wheelchair. And if you can imagine what it's like to date in a wheelchair, when you're shorter than everyone, when you're heavier than everyone, when you're slower than everyone, resilience is required. But my understanding of resilience was at a material level. And what do I mean by that? I thought being resilient was about being tough, be able to grind and have a lot of grit. But that got me very far, actually 2.5 degrees. But I could not get to that final 0.5 because I didn't really understand what it really meant to be resilient. So I want to start with that, and I want Druti to share with us what she thought resilience means. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for sharing that. And yes, that point five is where it matters the most, right? The final mile, as we call it, um, to take the plunge, to, to grab the opportunities that are staring at us sometimes, but we are too hesitant for whatever reason uh, to, to approach it, to, to grab it with both hands and say, okay, yes, this is what I intended to do. Well, for me, you know, I don't look at resilience as something which is you've had a life altering event. I think resilience is something that is useful to us at every point in life. You know, sometimes we need to dig up our resilience from, from the inner core. Um, 
even when you're having a bad day, right? And um, it, for me, it is more about, yes, you have to be tough. You have to be strong. But at the same time, you have to emerge on the other side of the story that you're telling yourself. You have to get over that, you know? And that to me is resilience. It's, it's simple things that matter to us in a day-to-day life. It, it's looking at yourself and saying, okay, yes, this is what I need. This is what I want. And I'm going to get it. Right. I, I also call it something like open-minded stubbornness. You know, you are kind of open-minded to all the ideas, but you're stubborn enough to not give up and to say, I'm going to go get it. You know, what do you think of that, Pat? I, I love that open-minded stubbornness. I was stubborn, but my mind was uh, not open. So mm-hmm. what happened to me was I was in the PhD program. Okay. I stand for uh, study economics. And I was accepted when I was 19 years old. So I was, uh, I was smart enough. Well, hold stuff. on. You, you PhD program at the age of 19. Yes, yes, yes. So, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. But what happened to me was I took it very seriously. Mm-hmm. And everybody was equally great or better than I was. So I said, okay, I'm going to beat them. I view it as competition. I'm going to outlast, outcompete. But when you see life through that lens, when everything is a competition, every moment is a struggle or a fight, resilience will, it's, it's actually not resilience. It is mm-hmm. stubbornness without open-mindedness. Yeah. Like you said, because why would, why would I want to treat them, um, my classmates, as competitors? Yep. Why couldn't I collaborate with them? Why couldn't right. I learn? From them? Yeah. But my focus, I, and I think it has, maybe it has something to do with my uh, background as a competitive swimmer. Mm-hmm. So there is no number two. <laughs> There's only one number one. And, um, and that was my attitude. But I didn't understand that when I was in a PhD program. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of the program, I just... I lost the passion I had for the subject. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's why I couldn't finish. I took a leave from the program mm-hmm. because I, I just didn't know how to continue. That's so true. this actually happened to me in other areas of life, in my career, mm-hmm. um, in dating, because in dating, it was also a competition, if you can imagine. Yes. Um, in fact, my enemy was my date. How do I outsmart my competition so they would yield to me? They would listen to me. They would admire me. And it was fun until it became too much of a competition, too much yeah. of a grind. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't continue and lost the joy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, that's what happens when you tend to believe that there is a right versus a wrong, a good versus a bad, you know, um, there is a competitor versus a collaborator. I, in fact, I, a few years ago, I came across this fantastic book called Co-Opetition, which talks about collaborative competition, which is, I think, the point you're trying to, break, uh, to bring in as well. Uh, and I'm hearing a lot of things over here, Pat, um, things that actually hamper our resilience negatively. So I heard a little bit of self-doubt, um, right, in, in going that last mile. I, I also heard about perceptions, how perceptions come into play. So how do you think all of this 
impacts resilience? Because I did read your book and you have some fantastic points over there where you talk about self-awareness, questioning the status quo. Um, and, you know, sometimes our worst failures lead to the best progress. How do you think all of this forms like the peripheral muscles to build your core muscle of resilience? Resilience, I feel there are at least two facets. It is then, I'll, I'll call it maybe an, an understanding, an attitude, and also a practice. Yeah. So, um, and what do I mean by that? I feel um, understanding is to know that there is cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Everything that we're experiencing is an effect, and there is a cause that yeah. led to the effect. Mm. So when you have that understanding, you'll know that what I'm experiencing right now mm-hmm. is because of something that I had done. Yeah. If maybe the exact cause is not known, but you know that. <laughs> so with that understanding, you know that to change the future, very simple, change what I'm doing now, then I will affect the future. Cannot so, agree more. Mm-hmm. So with that, with that, then you won't feel you're missing out. You won't beat yourself up because what's done is done. Move forward. Change yeah. today. And when you have that, you can move forward in a, in a joyous way. So that is, I will call it the, the understanding. And it, it may sound very simple that there's a causal relationship in everything in life. But to me, it took a while because I feel it, it might be because there's a, in life, there's a delay. The work you put into something and the result yeah. It takes time. So if you don't observe the change from your change of effort and uh, thinking, mm-hmm. then you feel it maybe didn't work or there is no causal relief. It's all luck. <laughs> yes. So remove that element, then you know there's no no luck. You create your own luck. Absolutely. By doing something today. Totally agree with you on that. And in fact, some of the things that you mentioned, again, in terms of attitude and practice, I've also incorporated in my book, uh, wherein I I talk about things like resilience is not something that you will build it one fine day and, hey, I'm done. I'm resilient. No, it's something that you have to work on every single day. A lot of people compare it to like going to the gym. You know, if you want to strengthen your core, there are so many other things that you need to do in order to do that. A lot of people would compare it to marriage. A lot of work every single day. Is it worth it? Absolutely, yes. And the way I look at it is it's it's not about, and this is my personal take on this, right? It, it's not always about the results. I think it's about the journey, you know? And similarly, I, and in my head, that's how I connect the dots with resilience. It's a journey. It, it, it's not a destination. It's not an end result. It is something that you will reap the benefit every single day when you're building your resilience and, and you will see it happen to you. Like There are some instances that you've mentioned in your book as well, where you are talking about some of the things that can help people um, really achieve the goal that they've set for themselves. And Yes, your book has a lot to do with in terms of dating and everything, but I see so many parallels that I can draw with life in general. In fact, uh, your book, you call it like a mindset manual, right? Tell me a little bit more around that. When, when I think about resilience, and I mentioned that there's a, a practice uh, aspect of it, 
Mm-hmm. And then there's also the attitude. And that's yes. when you say it's about the journey. And the journey, it can be, let's say, a month or two months on a project, or it can be a lifelong journey, your career and your marriage. And that is where I I think marriage for me was a, a big awakening because before that happened, I didn't believe in myself that I was worthy, mm. not just worthy of love, but worthy of life because I was in, imperfect. I was injured. I'm in a wheelchair. Life was not going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And with that, everything became, like I said earlier, competition and grinding. Yeah. And the, the attitude part came later also, which is I, I feel maybe I call it persevere with joy. Mm. So whatever happens, you face it and you have appreciation for the situation. And nothing is ever bad because you can learn from it. You can grow yeah. from it. And uh, there are many instances I, I can, uh, I can in, in my life that I can draw from. And some of them have to do with business. Um, I'm also an, an investor. And, um, and you may feel that what does resilience have to do with investing? Uh-huh. And the connection may not be clear. But l- let me give you this example. When, you, when the stock market is going up, mm-hmm. most people will feel joy yeah now when it drops mm-hmm. what happens you feel <laughs> <Disaster>. upset <laughs> yes so when uh if you're an investor and you're subject this affects you mm-hmm. then your life and your career is controlled by the stock market because yeah. your emotion is driven by it so up you're happy down you're unhappy up you're happy down you're unhappy this yeah. will actually cause you to make less than ideal investment decisions. Mm-hmm. So if you can change that, like you said earlier about a journey, mm-hmm. the journey is not a straight line. Oh yeah. So it can be up and down, up and down. The end result is going to be on the higher end. And that's what you aim for. So as yeah. you go down, don't worry about it. Go up. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. So you can... Regardless of the movement of the market, you're, you have calmness. And that is what makes one a better investor. You can make Absolutely. clear decisions when situations may not seem all that calm. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. something that I, I use in my professional life. And I, it took a while to, to even understand this. How can you not be unhappy when your portfolio is down? That's right. Call- the practice comes in. Uh, like you said, the journey is a practice. It's not one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe today you're, you're, you're okay with your portfolio being down $100,000. Yeah. 10 years from now, a million dollars won't affect you yeah, because yeah. you keep practicing it, you experience it, and you let it go. Absolutely. And in fact, that short-sightedness that you are pointing out over here plays a lot, of, a lot on our minds in that sense. Uh, And it plays a very important role when we are looking to build that sustainable resilience. You know, um, so it's also about the stories that we tell ourselves, no? We we tend to forget where we started sometimes and that impacts our resilience as well. 
you know, you, you look at other people, you treat that as competition, you look at the success of other people, and you want that for yourself. And you tend to forget what version, whose version of the life are you living with? Are you living with, right? In that sense, like, is it the society's version of success? Is it your parents' version of success? Or is it your version of success? Or is it your partner's version of success? Like, what are you doing with your life that is so meaningful that provides purpose in that sense uh, to everything that you're doing, right? So for example, my purpose is, and I realized this along the line, it was not something uh, that I was born with or that I knew right from the start, hey, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But over a period of time, I realized that all I really cared about was spreading the positivity, you know, was reframing. And uh, I would just like to read something out from your book as well, because that's where uh, I felt that, oh, my God, Pat thinks exactly the way I was looking at this. Right. So in your book, I, I read that, you know, you reframe that uh, from I cannot get dates because I'm in a wheelchair. You reframed it to people in wheelchairs date fun, beautiful and caring women. And that is so powerful, Pat, because the moment you do that reframing, you're telling your brain, hey, listen, don't go down that negativity spiral because that is not serving me. I'm going to remain positive. And, and if that becomes, you know, if you become passionate about it or you, you treat it like a purpose or like a mantra, whatever that is, you essentially you stop judging yourself and, and you reframe every situation. Thank you for picking that passage. I, I, um, I'd like to tell people that everything has at least two sides. Mm -hmm. And that is when you said earlier about having an open mind. I feel yeah. reframing requires practice. Yeah. And uh, when you do it for the first time, you, you cannot see, like for me, how can I see my wheelchair? It's nothing more than... For me, the wheelchair is a, was a hindrance. Yeah. Something mm -hmm. that it wasn't my enemy. Like yeah. I fight my wheelchair every day and I could not see any good. Yeah. How could it? It ruined my life. That's to me, that was my wheelchair. Mm -hmm. However, as I, I progressed, I opened my mind. Then I realized actually wheelchair gives me freedom. Yeah. Why should I look at it as an enemy? Why should I beat it up? Shouldn't I be taking good care of my wheelchair? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't I say thank you to my wheelchair and to you know, all the people in my life? Absolutely. Yeah. So reframing is something that it, it sounds also very simple, like resilience. Oh, wow. Everybody's resilient. Yeah. Ask people who's not resilient. Yeah. If, upon reflecting on it, if you don't have appreciation, you, if you don't practice it, mm -hmm. it will not occur naturally. Yeah. We will, it's, it's a bit strange, but I think our, our conditioning, both uh, uh, nature and nurture, can yeah. steer us into planning for the worst because we want to survive. Uh -huh. And then naturally we say, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? And we, we prepare for the worst. Yeah. We're in a modern society. The worst case scenario is no longer fighting prehistorical animals. Oh yeah. Thankfully. Our lives, our lives <laughs> on the line. Uh, it, now it's, uh, well, you know, 
um, maybe your coworker, mm-hmm. she or he will not eat you. Mm-hmm. You can actually be her friend. Yeah. Yes. Why not reframe? Why not see things from a different perspective? And that Absolutely. is so powerful and requires um, practice. So I, I do a, a, um, an exercise daily, which is writing down. And mm-hmm. I encourage everyone to do this. To yeah. write down three, if you're a beginner, or even just one, or 20, mm-hmm. if you have some practice. Mm-hmm. Things, people, anything that you appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a while, look at that list. And then you'll find some surprises. Absolutely. And there is so much wisdom in everything that you've just said, Pat. And I just wanted to leave the listeners, like if there is one advice that you would want to give to the people who are listening to our podcast, what would that be? It would be give what you want to yourself and others. And this applies to everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my book, it's a, a book about dating. Deeper, it's a book about having companionship, having partnership. So if companionship is something that you want, mm-hmm. you have it, you give it to yourself and others. So if you're a great companion, why wouldn't people want to be with you? Also, I, I add in the, the part, mm-hmm. give to yourself and others. Spend some time, quality time with yourself. Totally agree. Be a great companion to yourself. That yeah. part, I feel, is um, easily overlooked because we're so busy working on our, our you know, projects, uh-huh. marriage, life, health, but how about ourselves? Yeah. It's we the doing so versus time. the being. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we are so busy doing things that we forget to just be, just be with ourselves. And absolutely, Pat. And, you know, it's about getting 1% better. And I always, always tell people that you're more resilient than you think you are. Just practice it, as you rightly said, right? Just practice it. And you will get to the goal, the destination that you've set for yourself, and you need to define your own success. Uh, Some of the things that we discussed was, you know, paint your happiness canvas, Um, decide for yourself what that success and happiness looks like, right? And eventually, it's a state of mind, Um, you know, reframe, reframe situations, conversations, shift your mindset in a more positive way, right? And I think the one thing for me, which I always say is that you always have a choice. It it depends on how you look at it, but you always have a choice. You're listening to the Shiny Happy People podcast. Subscribe to us on your favorite platforms. This podcast is sponsored by C2COD, your organizational development consulting partner, bringing people and strategy together. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook using the handle at C2COD and get updates on our upcoming episodes. So with that, Pat, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And hey, listeners, you know, wasn't that a great conversation? I hope you all enjoyed listening to it. And if you have any questions around resilience for me or for Pat, you can write 
in at podcast at c2cod.com and tell us what you thought about this conversation. We always love hearing from you. Well, that's it from Trendspotting this time and we'll be back with another exciting topic next month. This is Dhruti signing off. Thank you for listening and hey, stay resilient.